0: News talk on demand. Interruption-free audio. Where you want it, when you want it. Good morning, Saskatchewan, and welcome to Garden Talk. Well, this, this is a little bit different Garden Talk today because we are doing this recorded. So I did this in the middle of the week. So probably this week, you've probably seen, after I left, about uh, a few, maybe a little bit of snow, maybe not. But by this call, we're supposed to be getting back up until... Uh, oh, about into the 17 degrees, 15 degrees. So hopefully it's sunny and, and the snow, if there did get any snow, hopefully the snow is melting right now. And uh, so, you know, this gives us a little bit of a, a time in the spring when we um, are in the, this this fall that it's always a sho- shoulder season where where anything could happen. So this sort of gives us a time when we can say, okay, well, maybe I better get some things done around the yard that I kind of was – putting off a little bit, but now this, uh, this weather has sort of said, okay, now we better get it done. Now the weather's going to warm up a bit. And it looks like it from the far far forecast, uh, we have some time where we're going to have some, some, um, some warm weather for the next maybe week or two. So, uh, now it's time to get out there and and get things done. So, um, uh, with that, we, now we had some pretty heavy frost this last week. So now you're gonna see a lot of the different things like I seen in the yard um just before this, this week, uh my canna lilies all turned black and a lot of other plants, bulbs that were out there that were still a little bit of color in them now have it turned pretty pretty black, and so now it's time to get out there. If you haven't done that yet, to get out there and take those canna lilies and calla lilies and all those um um and and glad bulbs and all those bulbs that you planted in the spring, time to 'Cause they're sitting in the pot, the pot the, the, the bulb itself would have been just fine. It would have been protected from the frost. Uh, and now that the tops are brown, all the energy has gone back down to the bulb now, so now you can safely dig them out, uh, cut the top off. Maybe you're in some part of the province where you didn't get that much frost, so it's still green, but I'd suggest dig them up if the top is still still green, then just lay them out, hang them up, or lay them out in some paper, and let the the top dry out and then that way you can then cut the top the the top green off or brown off now and uh and then and then you can store them in a brown paper bag. I always say paper bag is the best with a little bit of peat moss, and with that peat moss just a hint of moisture. If you really like to keep your bulbs good, then just a little bit of bulb dust in them with a little fungicide in them, and that'll just put them in a cool, dry place, and that will keep them good right up until uh, until next, uh, basically, with a lot of the, the begonia bulbs even, you'll be starting them up in February, so that time will come really quick where you can get started and uh, and put them in. And dahlias uh, you have, and canna lilies and calla lilies, you'll be looking, all oh, March, uh, basically middle to the end of March, where you can start, Putting them back in the pot again and start getting them growing so they look good for the for the summer when you start putting motor on the May long weekend. So, those are good things to do. Get all those bulbs done. If you still have some of those tulip bulbs, yeah, absolutely. If you if you had them sitting sitting uh, out, in the, out in your counter there and you say I got to get them in or sit in the garage, uh, now it's time to get those tulip bulbs in. The ground's still warm; they'll still get rooted in. The dahlias, the the crocuses, or even some of that f- garlic you want to put in. Uh, now is a great time to um, to do that and get them in the ground and uh, get them watered in, put a little bit of bone meal in with them, and uh, and then also um, uh, just get them watered in. Uh, if you want, you can put a little leaf mulch over top of them or some bark mulch. That'll give them just a little bit longer again before the ground freezes, and they'll be able to get rooted out really well. So you can get that done in this next week or so, and, uh, and you still have, like I said, lots of time to do that. So um also still if you want to transplant some some shrubs or perennials around now's a great time to do that with the shrubs I like to prune them down about halfway and then I'll transplant them and move them and water them in uh they'll be just fine for a lot of your shrubs and um we, I've done a lot of planting in fact for the next 2 weeks uh we have a lot of uh, projects still on the go a lot of condo projects and that kind of stuff where we're just waiting for the curbs to get poured and all this kind of stuff so um, we My longest time I think I've ever planted, I think, is around November the 11th. I think but that's been average about the November the 11th. There's been a few, few, few falls where it's been a lot earlier than that. Um, but on average, is around November 10th, November 11th. The latest I've ever done is November 23rd. I still was planting some trees. So we still have some time where we can get things into the ground and and uh and take care of them there so uh so great time to do that you can still get out to some of the garden centers they still might have some of those shrubs and that usually there's lots of sales on right now so you can pick some of the plants up and still get them in the ground uh fall's a great time to especially on your acreages or farms if you're moving some spruce trees around this is still a great time you can still do that and uh, and have a great time great great uh, chance for them to get rooted yet and uh, if they don't get rooted, they'll just sit there and they'll just start rooting uh, next spring. So uh, it's not a problem. Just a matter of making sure that you pack the soil around the roots when you plant. And then also make sure that you um, just just water them in well to get all the air pockets out. And they'll be set up for next year, no problem. I like using even some root, uh, root planting fertilizer. And that uh, transplanter fertilizer will be great to uh, add to your plants. Uh, just to get the just to stimulate some root growth as well, uh, like I said, we still got a couple weeks where the soil will still be warm enough where those roots will still still go now it 's a great time to also um if you haven 't been out there and just cl- cleaned up uh, your leaves and that I suggest get them all cleaned up this week and make sure that you i suggest like I always say is make sure that you take those leaves and pack them up and uh, and put them into bags and or use them for um for covering your plants you know in in the end of october here but i like putting them into bags set them in the corner we don't have to take them to the compost till next spring i say just hang on to them because if we get this year we had a time when we don't get no snow until until you know almost in des- sometime in December and if we get below minus 15 those plants are going to need some covering especially your your perennials your hydrangeas all those plants that are a little bit more ten on the tender side they're going to need some cover up if we start getting into some colder temperatures and no snow cover even if you get an inch of snow it's amazing what an inch of snow will do uh to keep them covered so also um one thing I have to remember is that uh, people are starting to think about okay when do I when do I uh, trim down my roses and those kind of things. So tea roses, I always say, you can trim them down um, uh, in ha- in half anytime now, and then mulch them right over top. Um, all your hardy roses, I like to actually leave them, and we'll talk about that later on the show. We're going to talk a lot about pruning today. Um, we're going to be talking about the roses, when the hardy roses, and we can prune them back in the spring. That's the best time to do that. But other than that, um, uh, just make sure that you, when you you cover things up. Uh, some people are asking me again, when do I uh, put my burlap around my cedars? Let's say I'm going to have to protect my cedars. So the best time to do that is um, is to do it. I I always say, anytime in the end of October into November. One thing I remember when you're when you're putting the burlap around the plants, you're not trying to put a coat on them, right? We're basically trying to put shade on them, protect them from the sun, because in, in this, with upright cedars and junipers, and where, where we might have some problems, especially if you've got some emerald cedars. Um what happens is that when you get a chinook in the middle of the winter time or you let's say you get um, uh, in march or the first part of april the ground's still frozen and the the sun's coming up and it's getting warmer that's when you get the desiccation of the needles and that's when you need to have some protection so that's why not worried about the cold temperatures for the burlap is to keep the sun off so smaller plants i like to put stakes around and then wrap the burlap around the stakes leave the top open let the snow fall in and some bigger plants, if I'm gonna wrap the plants, leave the burlap six inches off the ground. It's very, very important. If you wrap that right down to the ground, no snow will get right in against the trunk of the plant. The frost will go right down, let's say it goes down to minus forty, it'll go right through the burlap and right to the roots and really harm the roots. So you don't wanna do that. So make sure that you you keep that in, in mind when you're putting that burlap around. Well, thank you for listening to Garden Talk for this segment, and uh, we'll join me back on this next segment here after these brief commercial break. I'm Rick Van Dijk. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME. Welcome to the segment of Garden Talk. Um, you're listening to Rick Van uh, we As we finished off last week, we talked about we're going to do a lot of this this show about pruning because a lot of people ask me about how to do different pruning and and to be able to get things ready. Uh, for for the winter time, or for just getting the plants ready for next spring. So we'll start off this segment with uh f- fall pruning. Now, one thing: if you have a lot of questions, um, we don't have. A, obviously, we're not. This is a recorded show this week, and so uh, we don't have any lines open or any text lines open today. So if you do have any questions you want to ask me, give me a, a text, uh, an email to Rick at DutchGrowers dot com. That's Rick at DutchGrowers dot com, and uh, I will get back uh, get back to you that way by email. So that way it's really good because you can either send me some pictures as well as if you got some issues of some plants and that send me some pictures along with your question and then we can go through them and ask them that way so but fall pruning um there's a lot of you can do in fall pruning and it's a great time of the year where it's still still warm enough outside you can get outside uh so i like doing a lot of the fall prunings mostly mainly in in october when the leaves fall off the plants and right into november so i do a lot of that so when you're when you're pruning in the fall, uh, a lot of the shrubs I I, uh, I like to prune a lot of shrubs. Now there's some shrubs that you don't want to prune in the fall, and so that's one thing to remember any th- early blooming shrubs, uh, things like your lilacs, your double flowering plum, your flowering almond, your rhododendrons, your azaleas, or maybe you got some forsythia that bloom all colored. They're just covered with yellow blooms almost just as soon as the snow f- disappears in the spring. Those plants, if you do a lot of trimming on those ones, you'll notice that if you'll cut all the blooms off, because they, those plants set their bud, their, their bloom buds in the fall. So if you do a major pruning on those, you're gonna cut all the blooms off. So I like to do my pruning on those plants, early blooming plants, and be, right after they finish blooming. So let's say, for instance, lilacs. They usually finish the, basically the beginning of June, that's when they finish blooming. So give them a trimming it right after that, just a shaping, cut all the old bloom heads off, Hit give them hit them with some fertilizer, like some 30, 10, 10. Do that every three weeks until about uh about uh July the 15th, and you'll get lots of growth and then lots of new spots where flowers will come out next year. So that that's a great time to do that. But if you if you do have this lilac, let's say that's twelve feet high and, and no branch no leaves at the bottom, just at the very top, or a double flowering plum that's got really woody and sort of thin. So those are kind of plants, if you want to give them a good, heavy, major pruning, then you want to do that in the fall or early spring, the first week of April or in March, as soon as the snow disappears or do it this fall. Give it a good pruning because you're not going to worry about blooms next year. You just want to get this plant under control. Give it a shape so it looks really good and rejuvenate it again. So um, so you want to do that. That's the time you want to do it as, if you're going to do that. But otherwise, you'd be just going to do a major, minor pruning and then do it after they finish blooming. But all the rest of your shrubs uh now's a great time to go out there and just give them a good shaping and uh and things like your nine barks i like pruning the nine um uh, in this time of the year to get them under shape but one thing i remember about nine barks is that they love to be pruned just about any time even during the growing season they actually love it even better and they'll actually fill out and look nicer and so sometimes a, like a Diablo nine bark. it gets such long branches and then it, what it'll do is it just hangs over and sort of gets disorderly looking. So you want to give it just a, to a, take a head pair of hedge trimmers and just give it a light pruning and it just looks so much nicer. And uh, and that will work really well. Now things like you want also um, dogwoods is one plant that you can prune really well in the, in, the, in the fall as well with the dogwoods. One thing you have to remember about dogwoods is that when you're pruning dogwoods or any cranberries is another one, lilacs is another one. You got to remember if you look at their branches, there's a lot of space where the leaves come out of the stems, and, and there's a lot of space between them. So what happens if if you prune just underneath one of those nodes, what I call the nodes where the leaves come out, that piece of stem that goes down to the next node, which might be you know anywhere from three you know two to three inches farther down the branch that will just die out and, and look terrible, especially in a dogwood, because you've got those nice red branches sticking through the snow, and that little stem will die back and turn actually black on the dogwoods, and then it just doesn't look as nice, you know, sticking out of the snow, with all these black little tips. So make sure you just cut just above one of those nodes, even if you cut those little side nodes off, it's no problem, but then that's the proper way to prune any of those branches that have long nodes. Now things like spireas or potentillas, the nodes are really tight together, you can just give them a pruning, and it's not gonna matter, But some of those like I said the dogwoods the lilacs the cranberries they have long spaces between the nodes and so just just take a little more time what i've done too if i'm in a hurry if i take a pair of hedge clippers and i'll just give them a good trimming and then i'll take my hand pruners and just clean up all those little nodes off so those little stumps i've left and then it'll be a lot better and if you do have all those black spots spots also what happens when they die back, a lot of times the die back goes right into where the other leaf was, and then that's where you get insects and disease coming in. So you just want to keep go back with your hand pruners and just clean clean those all up and it'll be a lot better. So other ones you can do here is uh is spireas. I like I like pruning the spireas in the fall, just give them a shaping, trim all those old flower heads off. All of the flower heads and spireas, especially if you got the gold ones or the or the pink ones. Uh, trim them right out trim the blooms off deadhead I call deadhead them right after they finish blooming especially the gold ones like you know your your magic carpets not if you give them a trimming they'll push up a new growth if you use with the hedge clippers no, don't cut the flowers off but cut some of the leaves off as well and then you get all that new growth which is the copper look and it just looks so much smarter for the rest of summer so just make sure you can do that otherwise one thing about is every third or fourth year they got to remember there's one thing I always tell you about this, is that the biggest technical term you can remember about pruning is do not be afraid. That's the easiest thing. Just do not be afraid. The biggest technical term you could ever remember. Don't be afraid. Plants love to be pruned. Okay, one thing about the spiry is uh, pruning, and you want to do in the fall, uh, every, every three or four years, and you could either do this in the fall or otherwise in, in the first week of April or March as soon as the snow disappears, cut them down to about 12 or 6 inches off the ground. It, I did say that 12 or six inches off the ground. Trim them right down. Remember what I said, don't be afraid. Okay, that's very important. So, trim them right down to the ground. And then, so you do it every third or fourth year. And the years between that, just give them some shaping and give them some filling out. It just rejuvenates the plant. You'll have, if by the midsummer, you you hit by May uh, May the 10th, let's say, you hit a, start hitting them with some fertilizer, like 30, 10, 10. Get that growth happening. You'll, that plant, that spiree will be back up to three feet high and just blooming like crazy. And then, then once they finish blooming, give them, there again, just deadhead them, give them a little bit of trimming. They'll fill out some more that summer. And then now you've got a new re- rejuvenated plant with all this, got rid of all this woody, sticky stuff that that uh, you just don't uh, have a nice look in your yard. Other one you can do the same thing with is Potentilla. If you have those, just rejuvenate them every three to four years. Otherwise, that just give them a good shaping and they'll just love it. So um, just remember about those two plants. Don't be afraid to rejuvenate it. Now, even dogwoods. I mean, I've taken dogwoods and cutting them off to to basically two feet off the ground. If they're up eight feet high, it'll take a couple of years for them to fill right out again. But they will do that. And so you have no problem with that. Roses. I like to prune, ro- prune roses in early spring. Uh, I like leaving all those branches up because they need lots of winter protection. So catch lots of snow and all those kind of things. So make sure you do that. So basically uh, next spring, prune them a third to a half. You'll get lots of new growth and then you'll, you'll have way more roses the next year. So just make sure you do that. So um, one thing you have to do too, is pruning is a lot more things. We're gonna get into the next segment. We're gonna be talking about fruit plants and uh, a lot of trees, how we can prune trees fruit plants. A lot of people ask me what do I do with my raspberries and those kinds of things. So we're going, to t- we're going to get into that and talk about more about how to take care of those kind of plants. But now is a great time to get out into the yard and, and with the weather the way it's going to be here for the next week or two, it's a great time to get out there and be able to enjoy the yard and uh, as we're spending a lot of time on the yards and so you can make it look gr- really good for next year. So I'm Rick Van Damendijk. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 C O M and 980 CJME. Welcome to Garden Talk. I'm Rick Van Damendijk. You're listening to our pre-recorded uh, garden Talks uh, show today uh, i am away this weekend and uh, so we're going to be just talking this weekend we'll be talking about pruning and so there's been a lot of questions about pruning so we talked a lot about shrubs in the first one and now we're going to be talking about in this segment we're going to be talking about fruit plants now a lot of fruit plants people are asking me what do i do with fruit plants uh just remember also if you have we will talk about that is if you if you do have some questions uh, there's no telephone uh, to phone into this today or no uh, text line today. But you can uh, email me rick at Dutchcrewers.com, rick at Dutchcrewers.com And you can ask me a question there or you can send me even some pictures along with your questions if you have some questions that w- to answer that way. So a lot of visual things really help out a lot of times. But we're talking about pruning and so we're uh, getting into the fruit plants. People ask me, when do I prune Saskatoons? That's probably the biggest of all the fruit plants is when do I prune my Saskatoons? Because you know what? The sometimes sometimes you'll get the Teeson or the the, um, uh, the Teeson smo- uh the the Teeson and the uh the regent and the new line and a bunch of the martin uh saskatoon a lot of them or even the natives a lot of native saskatoons will grow up about twelve feet tall but you know what it's getting kind of kind of um, it's getting kind of a, a, a sad story when you got to get a big ladder out to get to the top of them so I like keeping the saskatoons they're usually around about six feet tall. Uh, That way, so what you want to do right now, it's a great time to do is prune them back to about six feet tall and then shape them a bit and then give them some fertilizer next spring. Only on the, the fruit plants, you can remember, I only like fertilizing once or twice in the month of May about three weeks apart and then don't fertilize anymore because they will produce more if you give them too much fertilizer they tend to produce less fruit so put them under a little bit of stress and they'll put they'll produce a bit more but of course if you give them that big of a pruning on your saskatoons if you want to cut them back to six feet high then you want to get some growth happening you don't care about the berries for that year you just want to get lots of growth coming so that it looks like a nice shrub and produces lots of fruit the following year again so other than that if if, if you're if you want to, if your um, sastoon is at six feet tall already and you just want to keep it there now it's the time just to do a light pruning just to shape it you might want to thin it out a little bit it's getting too thick inside because you'll get a lot more berries even inside the plant if some some more light can get into the middle of the plant so you can kind of thin it out and uh, so you can do that either in the fall or you can do it every spring there again um, um, you can trim it back at least 50 percent if it's just got too far out of the way uh, another the biggest next biggest question I have people ask me about fruit plants is raspberries. Um, raspberries um, there's two different types of raspberries the the regular raspberries like you see the Boyan or the Red Mammoth or Red Bounty. Uh, those ones there you wanna you wanna take out the third year canes. So the the canes that are basically uh, produce a lot of the raspberries this year they're the older canes. So you wanna go in there and thin them out take those old canes out and then all your little suckers that came up that are usually around two to three feet tall this last summer didn't have any berries on it but those produce berries next year so you want to get rid of some of that old wood that you have in there and one thing you can do if one thing good about raspberry canes is that you can do is this: collect them all into a bundle make them about 12 inches long and cut them into pieces stack them on a bundle a lot of times the inside you'll notice that those inside of those uh uh, those raspberry canes are kind of hollow inside, so if you stack them together, tie them in a bunch, you can actually make a, a, a leaf cutter bee or a, a mason bee type of a hive out of those. They work really well to be able to attract those kind of uh, bees that are good pollinators for your for your yard. So you can make these little nests and uh, make a little top over top of them, and they'll they'll find them and they'll actually lay their eggs inside those. So they work really well. So it's a way of re- repurposing a lot of those canes. So just make sure. Otherwise, there's another raspberry that that's called a primal cane, and that's a Red River or Double Delight. That's the ones that that produce later on in the in the, in late summer and early fall. And they produce on the first year canes. So every year what you do, and some people like it that way, is that they, you just take your mower and you just mow them right down to the ground. And they come back up and they produce on the first year canes. So they're like a, um, one thing about them is that they do produce later in the season and the raspberries are a little bit smaller. So, um, but that's just a good way of, of taking care of them. Things like your caps. Uh, another one for those is very, becoming very popular because the pop, one thing about caps is they produce, they produce in, in basically the end of June. And so if you really want production you want to have a a plant with a purpose in your yard uh it works really great because um uh, you got some hazcaps that will bloom early and uh and then produce in the middle of June just make sure you get yourself some bird netting or something like that as well because if the robins or the the waxwings find that hazcap plant uh you'll just look out your window one one morning and you're just going to see that plant just shaking <laughs> and that's because the birds found them and they're eating every every berry for you from you so you have to make sure you cover them up uh that's very important if you want to if you want to have any has for yourself and so um but give them a good pruning right now this time of the year it'll work really well um uh and just Thin it out a little bit give it a little bit of a shaping they don't grow that tall so if you want to rejuvenate it it can work too you can trim them down in, you know up to 50 percent and then get them to regrow back up again uh, they work really good for that um, and one thing i like do like about the house like i said they bloom in june and then if you have also some some saskatoons they'll bloom they'll produce they'll produce in uh produce produce in the end of june uh, Saskatoon's are produced in July, and then if you get some sour cherries. They produce in August. So you have a little bit of fruit uh, in your yard all different times. Um, gooseberries and currants. Now, oh, great time to prune them right now. Get them cleaned up. Uh, prune them up so they'll they'll thicken up and they'll actually produce way better for you. Uh, the same with the currants. The black currants get pretty tall, um, and the and the red currants are more of a shorter bush. So the black currants, I like to give them a good pruning, at least a third to 50% 30% 50% I can trim those back every year uh, they'll do really well and uh, and the, sass, the, the red currants they're more shorter so you don't have to prune them quite as much mainly just to shape them and to thin them out so they'll produce better another question people ask me probably one of the bigger questions is uh, on the fruits is grapevines when do I prune a grapevine well a lot of times I'll prune a grapevine you can prune them every every fall or in early spring um, and if you trim them 30 to 50%, if you ever go to the, the Okanagan or and you see the vineyards, they cut them right back to their big their big old stumps they have. They're probably three or four feet off the ground, and so you can trim them down to that. They'll produce a lot on their new growth, and so that works really good, and um, so there again, um, 30 to 50% off uh, to promote more fruiting, and uh, like I said, th- that's what they'll do. I, I, I like doing it every second year myself, um, but they can be done every year if you want to keep them under control. Um, otherwise, if you're just going to use them not for the fruiting part of it, and you just want a a a, a great uh, screen, uh, you just you don't need to thin them out very much at all, unless they get some old wood, and then you can trim that out. Um, strawberries, another one. When to cover them? Uh, best to cover them any time now, between now and the end of October. Um, just as long as the temperature doesn't get down below minus ten. Uh, then you need to start thinking about covering them. And then, uh, so using straw. Uh, straw is okay. A lot of people use straws. I, I like to stay away from straw a little bit because it could attract mice. I like using mulch. I'll use leaves. I'll use, uh, and if you use leaves, probably the best way to do it is put it into white garbage bags, make them the size of pillows, in, in a shape of a pillow and lay it on top throw a, a piece of wood or a stone on top of it so it don't blow away and you can use that for other your print your perennials as well the white the white reflects the sun so it doesn't heat up black bags tend to absorb the heat and then in the spring you can just pick them up and it's easy to clean up uh, really good that way so um, it's a good way to do that and uh, and be able to re- transplant them. Otherwise, if you just use a mulch, um, then you can just spread that mulch out and it just helps keep the weeds down in between the plants as well. So those are a lot of things you can do this the, before you get started for this fall. So there's, like I said, there's lots of other things. Uh, we're going to next segment, we're going to get talking about trees and that kind of stuff. So we're going to take a quick break right now. I'm Rick Van Dijveneck and you're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME. I'm Rick Van Dabbert, and you're listening to Garden Talk here on on 650 CGB and 980 CDME. Uh, Where this is a recorded show this this week, and so uh, just sit back and relax, and uh, grab your cup of coffee, and and just listen. We're gonna be talking about pruning, and we're now we're getting into the 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 trees and that. So, but if you do have a question that you want to ask me this week, uh, there's no phone calls that we're taking, or no texts we're taking today. So, but you can email me at rick at dutchgrowers.com and then I can answer your questions there. Uh, Pruning trees, um, one thing about trees is that, one thing to remember is maples, birches, and pines. It's too late to prune them now, okay? So don't prune maples, birches, and pines. Wait until the end of June. You can do end of June right through the end of September, okay? You can prune those, so that's when you want to do it. Um, So otherwise in the spring, they'll just bleed like crazy. So, uh, and especially if you prune them in March or April, Those bleed like maples can bleed. They'll bleed for weeks before they'll stop and you can't stop it. I've tried different ways of trying to stop it from bleeding from broken branches in the spring and I've even tried to cauterize it with a torch and everything else. You just can't stop it. So they will stop on their own. Just make sure you, if you do have a branch like that, just keep the tree well watered and it will be fine. Uh, Other trees that you want, you can prune this time of the year is things like ash, elm, linden, poplar, uh, basically, I like to prune to thin them uh, if they get stuck any crossing branches that are rubbing on each other or maybe some broken branches. Um, so one thing I remember is that a lot of people ask me well what how do I trim all these big branches like them like big branches that are coming off one's growing over top of the the house or something like that, so you may want to get a professional to help you out with an aerial aerial uh, bucket truck to be able to get those down or they can of times they can climb and they can rope them down very safely and so you got to always remember where where the plants going to fall when you cut it but one thing I do if you are going to cut a bigger branch off you got to open space and there's nothing going to be, be damaged you won't drop it on top of the garden shed and 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 have to rebuild the garden shed again but uh, uh, so make sure that you cut the, the branches off in segments take the weight off don't cut right at the trunk of the plant because you'll what'll happen is you You cut it down. The branch will fall as you're cutting it and then it'll rip the bark right down the trunk and that won't be good for the tree so take it off in sections and then make sure your final cut is only about 12 to 18 inches long that's a, a manageable even if it's you know 8 12 inches thick that branch let's say a big branch you want to take off at least you can manage it that way so then you want to undercut from the bottom first and then you want to cut not to straight vertically along the the, uh, the, the, the trunk line you want to basically take a look a lot of the branches will have which call a collar so you can look at the top of the branch there'll be a dark line that sort of goes up into this into the center of the trunk if you take that angle of that line and you go opposite from the top opposite angle and so then that's that'll leave the collar, and the collar is all the healing parts where it'll seal over and and clean. Now you don't want to also leave that 12 inch stub that's sticking out because what'll happen with that 12 inch stub, it'll rot and it'll rot right back into the main trunk. So it's very critical to watch. And there's lots of pictures you can Google and ch- check it out and how to really prune up big branches off trees. So take a look at that. Um, otherwise what you can do with the the big trees also people ask me okay I have a tree and it turns off into a Y and goes off into two different directions now the wind has come up and split the bark split the, the, the trunk right down the middle so what happens now is that you? Need, we need to bolt that together. People ask, can I put a wire or a rope or some of that tied together? The best thing is to go up as high as you can, and you might be able to do this in two spots, drill a hole, so you have to get a long bit to drill a hole right through the trunk, and then put some threaded rod through with some washers on to hold it together. Then after you do that, uh, then you have to go down, you have to seal that crack, because otherwise what happens is the water, every time it rains, the water runs down the trunk and goes into that crack. what happens when you get water and wood in the interior, inside was not protected by the bark, it's going to rot, okay? And then your your trees are going to eventually just rot out and fall over anyways. So then you need to... To, to seal it up, and you can use any kind of sealing you want. You can put a pruning paste in there. Uh, you can use a, a product called Stop Leak, which you sprays in, in anything to keep the water from going into that spot. And further down the crack, you, you can also seal the crack, but leave a, a, a opening at the bottom of the crack. So if any water does accumulate in that crack, as a way of escaping, sort of like a little drain you're going to give it. So make sure you do that. Otherwise, basically... Um, uh, things like apples and plums and pears, flowering crabs, now's a great time to give them a good pruning right now. One thing I remember is that a lot of people will prune their apple trees and they'll do what we call pollarding the tree or topping the tree. And the reason why people do that for, and that's the main reason they give me for, is because I don't want to climb that high to pick the apples or the plums or the, or the pears or whatever's up there. And I, I always say, well, okay, well... There's two ways you can combat that. One is that you can just leave some of the apples up there for the birds. Don't be so greedy, <laughs> basically. You just, you just, A lot of people just can't handle seeing that one extra apple they can make some pies with that's a little higher up. Or you can get yourself one of those long poles and have a basket on them. And then you can, It has, it's fairly long and you can reach up there and it has a little spot where it cuts the apple o- off the stem and then it catches in, into a little foam and then you can bring them down. So that works really good. You can get one of those. But what happens if if you cut the top off and you just cut all the branches off every place you cut two branches will come out of where that cut is sometimes three okay and so what happens is called the water sprouts will come we call them water sprouts and so what happens those will grow up about three or four feet tall those branches will just have huge leaves on them so it's taking a lot of energy to produce all those branches and leaves and then it shades the inside so best just to leave the tree growing its natural height which is around 14 to 16 feet tall And just thin those branches so if you've done that before go up there leave one but take the other one or two off each branch so that uh it thins less light down in yeah you're going to be a few apples up there but either get your long pole to pick your apples with your the basket or otherwise just leave a few of those ones up there for the for the birds to get but otherwise then again any crossing branches you want to cut off your fruit trees that's causing some places where there's maybe insects can get into where there's uh, scars from them rubbing together and any water spouts, so the branch that also comes out of the side of the trunk and goes right up straight through the tree, you can trim those off as well. And any suckers that come off the back, off the side. And then you can sort of stand back there and you say, oh, yeah, I just remembered. I it was When I was lo- cutting the lawn all summer, I kept getting poked in the eye or, you know, poked in the side of the ear or something like with one branch. So you can go and trim those off to get them out of the way. Great time to do it right now too as well. So uh so those are your 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 fruit trees, your apple trees, you can get all that done as well to, to make sure that you um uh, that you've got them all all taken up. So otherwise, you've got junipers and, and uh, spreading junipers and cedars. So make sure you're spreading junipers. You can trim them so that, uh, so that they're not spreading out into your grass or into other beds. One thing to remember, if you, junip- the spreading junipers, when they go and spread out, they touch the ground, they root again. And then what happens is they keep rooting and rooting, and then the inside starts dying out. So keep them trimmed back so the inside still stays nice. Cedars, upright junipers, uh, globe cedars, trim. You can trim the sides in. So they still see still see green, okay? That's important. If you trim the sides in so it just sticks, it's not going to come back anymore. Then it's basically a, a truck and a chain and pull them out and, and get rid of them and start all over again. So make sure you give them a trimming. You can trim the cedars if they're growing up through the eaves trough. You can trim them down a couple feet below the eaves trough. I like reaching in and cutting those three, those three or four main stems. And then from the inside first and then I take my hedge clippers and just shape it up into a point again so it's not just a flat top. So you can take care of it that way. So um, other ones is like your spruces. You can do a lot of bowing them up if you want to keep the branches. Some people like the branches touching the ground and some people like to be able to walk underneath them. Uh, you can do that right now. Trim them up the top. Do some shaping them. Uh, perennials, grasses. Uh, I like leaving grasses stick through the snow. They look really good. Trim them in the spring. All the rest of your hostas and your other type of plants you want to do your peonies and that kind of stuff i like leaving them not trimming them off until spring all those little leaves and the hang that go down to the ground actually act as a mulch and protect them too so I'll, if you want to trim them and clean them up now just throw some mulch over top of them and that really helps them a lot and then again i talked about those white bags full with leaves like a pillow that was great for uh for do for doing taking care of those things so you know there's a lot of things you can do to get out there in the yard so enjoy the time out in the yard and get out there and do some of that pruning That's it for Garden Talk for this week. We'll see you next week. I'm Rick Van Damadek. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.